0: Hey everyone. Welcome to our series on Christmas lights. I just love Christmas time. I love the chance that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus and get all of our family together. We can put up the tree, put up the lights, and just sort of love that time together. So I'm excited about this series and where this series has taken us. Uh, Last week, Jeff kicked off the series of Christmas lights by sort of looking at the concept of uh, as a world waiting for the light to show up in the darkness. And we're in the midst of this whole pandemic, and all this this sort of darkness, physically and sort of spiritually, that's around us, and it's just tough. And that He used that as an idea of waiting for the light to show up. Today we're going to be looking at announcing that the light has come uh, into the darkness. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter two, looking at the passage where the angels announce the birth of Christ to the shepherds who are out in the field. But first, let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that the darker the night the brighter the stars shine it's just amazing isn't it? you go out on, on a nice dark uh, night with not a lot of artificial light around and the the stars seem, seem to blaze into into shine the stars absolutely amazing uh, a number of years ago i had an opportunity uh, i used to do a lot of snowmobiling atvs four-wheelers that kind of stuff and we go into the mountains in pennsylvania my brother and i Uh, and we traveled from Ohio to Pennsylvania, go there. In the summertime, we'd ride motorcycles, ATVs. In the wintertime, it'd be snowmobiles. And one winter, I particularly remember this, we took a late ride, about a midnight ride is when we took off. And most of the cabins where we stayed would go up about halfway up the mountain. And the top half of the mountain was just wilderness. And we, uh, one night, we uh, took our sleds and we went up there and took the trails and went all the way up to the top of the mountain. Uh, it was, we got past all the lights, past all the cabins, and it was just total darkness. We got there until you got to the very top, they opened up, the trees opened up, there's a big clearing, and you could just see the stars, and they were amazing. I remember we pulled in, we shut our sleds off, took our helmets off, sort of just laid back on our sleds, on the on the seats, and just looked up at the sky. Wow, it was absolutely gorgeous and amazing. And it made me think about that very first Christmas when the angels showed up and the glory of God was on display. And when you see that, it just makes your heart want to sing and praise God. It's just so, so totally amazing. But that happened, like Jeff said last week, in the midst of really darkness, darkness. When you think about it, um, we're, we're going back in time of, of history when God hadn't spoken through his prophets in over 400 years. And it was just, uh, just a darkness uh, culturally in a darkness, spiritually, that sort of was over all the all the world. Have you ever experienced like total pitch black darkness? Like no hint of like darkness so thick that you could taste it. And you could feel it just closing in on you. Uh, if you've ever been like deep down in a dark cave, you know what I'm talking about. Now I've been in some commercial caves and they go in there and they flip the lights off. You get to see what it's like in total darkness but you're down there and you sort of know that, eh, someone's going to flip a switch, the lights will come on and just go. Uh, but uh, I used to do a lot of youth mystery in Pennsylvania. And one time we took a bunch of kids and went to this abandoned cave. It was on a piece of property. I knew it was, had permission to be there. And the cave used to be a commercial cave 100 years ago, but it had been abandoned for, you know, 50 years. And we had a chance to go in there and to make our way down through this cave. And it went back at, down into the mountain, about a mile and a half, It was just dark and everybody's had their own little flashlight. I remember going all the way back in there about halfway down. We got into this big cavernous area and we said, okay, let's everybody shut your lights off and just experience the darkness. And we shut those lights off and you could just feel the darkness just squeezing in on you. You could literally taste it. You could smell it. You could put your hand in front of your face and you couldn't see a thing. You couldn't even feel it. It was that dark. And you begin to think, Wow, i like, what if my flashlight doesn't turn back on? I mean, it's just a little flashlight with a little battery. What if it doesn't turn back on? Can I get out of here? And the joy and the comfort and relief that happens when the lights come back on and you can finally see. And one little light lights up the whole place. And it's just absolutely amazing and absolutely a wonderful feeling to have. Well, imagine that now. Go back with me in time to a time in history like I said, when God hadn't spoken in over 400 years and imagine yourself as a shepherd out in the middle of a lonely field far from town and the darkness just sort of felt like it was closing in on you. And in the midst of this, Jesus, the light of the world, was born in the, the lowliest and darkest of places, not in a palace as a king, but in a stable with the animals as a servant. We're going to pick up the story in Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin in verses 8 and verses 9. And we're going to look at the story where the angels announced that the light of the world was born. It picks it up here. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So imagine that. Here's the shepherds, uh, the, the life of a shepherd. Just imagine that they're nomadic people, they're uneducated, they're lonely, they're really sort of social outcasts at the bottom of the totem pole of where it is socially. I mean, they smelled like sheep all the time. No one would hang around them, and their uh, reputation was so bad that literally there there was a law passed that they they were not allowed to testify in court because they were considered unethical and unworthy um, witnesses in a court of law. So these are the people who were out in this field in the darkest of nights when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of God showed around them and that got their attention. They had never seen that before and they were terrified. And it said that the angel showed up and he had an announcement uh, to make to them. And it said that uh, uh, the, the glory of God showed all around. So the, the angel went to announce that Messiah was born, but they were terrified. So let's see what the, uh, the angel's announcement was. I'm going to pick it up in verse 10. The angel said this. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom God's favor rests. So the angels showed up to announce that the light of the world has arrived. And look at some of the things they said. They said, first of all, we bring you good news. That's another word for the gospel, right? Good news. Messiah, the king, is born. And he's born nearby. It's it's what they've been waiting to hear. What's all the prophets look forward to to uh, to see that day, and God hadn't spoken in 400 years about this, and suddenly now, the angels show up and say, now is the time. It's good news. Messiah is born, and this news brings great joy when they understood what was going to happen. As the angels announced this, it brought great joy, and this great joy was for, I want you to catch this, all people, not just the Jews, not just the prophets, not just the priests, not just the kings, all people, including the shepherds whom God sent to show up and announce to these shepherds the good news, that the Savior was born. Jesus was called the Savior because we as a people needed saved, right? We needed saved from our sins. The world needs saved from our sins. And Messiah was the anointed one. He was the one that everyone looked forward to, the prophets were looking forward to, he was the one that was going to come and redeem people and save them. And so they said, hey, if you want to go see Messiah, the Savior, the good news that showed up, you need to go to the manger. And you can just imagine thinking, wait, what? Manger? You're telling me the King, the Messiah has showed up? I'm going to find him in a manger? But think about that for a moment. If the Messiah had been born in a palace, these shepherds would never be allowed to go and see him, right? They were were too low class. They were too uh, uh, low socially. They would not be able to see him. But he was born in a stable, which sort of meant that he was truly accessible to all men. It was an amazing thing. And this Messiah, this Savior, was going to bring peace on earth. Not peace in the matter of war and peace or peace between governments, but peace between man and God. That was the good news. The Savior, the King, the light of the world, Messiah had shown up and was going to bring peace. Peace was now possible between God and man. In fact, the Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. And let's pick up and see what happened. Once the angels announced to the shepherd that the light of the world had shown up, then the shepherds responded to the message of the light of the world. And let's pick it up here in verse 15. In verse 15, it says this When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about the child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen were just as they had been told. So you think about this, the shepherds responded to the message that the light of the world was born. And the first thing they did is they went as fast as they could to meet Jesus. You see, when you hear the good news of a Savior, a Messiah, you run. They don't hesitate. You don't procrastinate. You run. And when I see the response of the shepherds to the good news that showed up out in that field that night announced by the angels, I had to ask myself the question, am I running to Jesus this Christmas like the shepherds did the very first Christmas. Uh, it makes me stop and wonder sometimes. Sometimes we run more towards Santa than we run towards Jesus, right? So, am I running to Jesus' Christmas like the shepherds did that very first Christmas? And after they went to go meet Jesus and they actually saw me as very accessible right there in the manger, it says, then they went out and they told everybody else they met about Jesus. See, when the light of the world explodes into your darkness and lights up the dark recesses of your heart, you can't help but tell the good news to those around you. See, the very ones who were not allowed to be a witness in a court of law were now used by God. Uh, God chose them to be a witness to the world that Messiah was here. It's just an amazing thing. And the question I have to ask myself in this whole process is, am I shining the light on Jesus this Christmas? like the shepherds did that very first Christmas? Am I shining the light on Jesus this Christmas like the shepherds did that very first Christmas? And then we also see that uh, as they left Jesus and they went out and they started telling everybody when they went back, it says they went back and they worshiped God because Messiah was born. See, when you have a personal and intimate experience with Jesus, it changes your life. And you can't help but worship. It's so funny because the silenced ones now became the shouters of Jesus. And the loners were now the worship leaders of all those around. And the question I ask myself when I see the response of these shepherds as they just poured out worship to God following their experience of meeting Jesus, I have to ask myself, am I worshiping Jesus this Christmas like the shepherds did that very first Christmas? You know, am I... Uh, engaged actively in worshiping Jesus or just having fun experiencing the Christmas experience. So it's a pretty uh, sobering question when I have to ask myself that. So as we look at this story in Luke chapter 2 about Jesus, the light of the world, who was announced by the angels and experienced an accessibility by the shepherds. Uh, we want to ask ourselves a few questions as we get ready to go into our missional communities and discuss these things. have a couple of questions here uh, that we like to do our head, heart, and hand questions. And the first one is this. Why do you think God first shared the good news of Jesus with a group of nobodies? Why do you think God first shared the good news of Jesus with a group of nobodies? The second question more of a heart question is, God can use us to reach others just like the shepherds. but what things can hinder me from shining the light brightly on Jesus? So God can use us to reach others just like the shepherds. but what things can hinder me from shining the light brightly on Jesus? And then finally sort of a hand question as we as we head out of our missional communities and go home, is in what ways will you intentionally engage in worshiping Jesus, the light of the world, this Christmas season? In what ways will you intentionally engage in the in worshiping Jesus, the light of the world, this Christmas? Well, guys, love you, miss ya, excited about celebrating the birth of Jesus, the light of the world, this Christmas. I trust you are as well, too. And this Christmas... We can um, truly engage uh, in the real meaning in the real meaning of what of Christmas, which is celebrating the birth of Jesus, our Savior and Messiah. Love you. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Bye.